Hey there, Donna Ashton here. And listen, I get you. You're already busy with a full calendar and trying to squeeze in some inspiration and learning here. So I won't waste your time or bring fluffy crap you can't use. I'm here to help you design a simplified business you can scale and help you work less and make more. This show is for high achieving coaches and experts who want strategies to unlock the next level in their business and create days that allow creative time and space for family, all while increasing revenue. Let's get to it. Hey there, and welcome to the four day weekend podcast. And today we have an amazing woman. I can't wait to introduce you to her. She's sort of famous when it comes to online copy, or at least she kind of hobnobs with the with the influencers. And she's also going to talk to you about how she um, has a system for taking four months off, which I just love. Of course, we're all about working less over here. So let me introduce you to Sage Polaris. So Sage has written high converting copy for more than 400 clients. That is a lot of clients, Sage. My goodness. <laughs> Earning them millions of dollars. She helps personal brands and service providers sell more of their service or offer with the words on their website. She's worked with Shailene Johnson, Chrisette Michelle, Rick Mulready, and Lynn Twist. Basically, she makes money for the internet famous people we all look up to. So it's my pleasure to introduce Sage Polaris, conscious launch strategist and copy coach for the internet rich and famous. <laughs> Welcome. Thanks for having me. You know, it's funny. I live in Los Angeles, so I feel like it's a theme here. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I feel like I need to roll out the red carpet for you. <laughs> hey, I will take that. <laughs> well, like, let's jump in. I mean, that's quite a, uh, a little bio there. And I know you've been a business for a while. So tell us, you know, how you kind of got started and have you, were you always doing copy? Like how did this all come about? Yeah. So I've been in business 10 years and I started as a copywriter only working with private clients, probably for like the first seven years of my business and early on in my business, I got invited to speak in front of Rick Mulready's mastermind. And I was so excited. I was like, yeah, I'll come down to San Diego. I'll speak in front of your community. And when I was there, like they forgot to mention the other people on the stage. So it was me, Rick, Amy Porterfield, Pat Flynn, like all these people really well known in my industry. And that changed everything, which yeah. was just exciting. Um, and I went on to speak on other people's stages like Amber McHugh and all these other people. And, um, you know, I'm so grateful for that opportunity, but I was like, you could have warned me who else was going to be there. <laughs> you might not have come or you wouldn't have been sweating in your pants there. <laughs> yeah. You know? And so I was just so grateful for that opportunity, but also like it's, it was a really great experience for me to see that like the things that I was teaching people were implementing right away and getting results. And specifically, it was the beginning of me creating a specific system that I teach called the color coded copy system. And when I created that, you know, initially I was just using it for private clients. You had to know somebody to know somebody to hire me. And then over time I decided, okay, I want 
my work to be more accessible. So I started a membership three years ago um, where I teach the principles of that system. And I started a mastermind. Now I call it a collective. Uh, and so over time, like my business model has evolved and it's been so fun, like being able to support people in different ways. And it kind of keeps things fresh and new. Uh, for me as well, like I like being in these different modes in my business. So it's been really fun. I mean, I think that's sort of the cornerstone of being an entrepreneur, right? Like after a while we get bored if we're like doing it the same way. We want something fresh. We want something new. And I think for with you, right, for copy, I mean, I guess copy is copy, but things I'm sure have changed and evolved, you know, over the years as you've been doing it, like now there's I don't know. You tell me like you've got to write copy for social posts. There's like it's everywhere or maybe it's just changed a little instead of blog posts. You know, now we're doing more like social posts. So I don't know how it's been for you or is it mostly you're doing launches? Like what have you seen as far as the way um, your work or what people are wanting or needing has changed? Yeah, the market has definitely evolved. Every year it does. Like there's new things to test and learn. And I think for me, what's worked well for me is like to not only serve private clients at this point, but to be testing the things that I teach and support my clients in. Like it's great to watch the results that they get. Um, but the biggest thing that has allowed me to continue to evolve with the market is to look back at the data. I know it's not like the sexiest thing to talk about, but um, <laughs> those things have really indicated to me like what is working right now. Um, and in the beginning, you know, I was mostly writing website copy and I got into the launch world specifically because to be honest, like I saw that my clients could see the return on their investment faster and so they were more willing to invest in things um, that they knew would bring them revenue quickly. Mm -hmm. So that was why I shifted specifically to that model. I think websites are still relevant, but the way that people interact with websites, our attention span is shortening everywhere. Right. So the biggest thing I've learned is to ask people to do the action early on whether you're writing a website page, whether you're writing a social media post, um, all of those things. And I never say like, oh, you have to leave blogging. It's not working anymore and only be on social media maybe. Or like, you know, there are, what is it? Like, I can't remember how many, 1,000, over a thousand billionaires in the world. I used to know the exact number. But my point in saying that is like every single business owner gets to where they're at in a different way. <laughs> There's no one business model that I'm going to tout that works because I've seen it work in so many different ways for so many different people. And it has more to do with their strengths as a business owner, right? Like I know I'm really good at getting people to engage with my posts on Facebook uh, when I'm launching something. And so I leverage that, like I leverage Facebook groups and I leverage um, Facebook ads because I know it works. And like each year make small tweaks to the things that I know work. And that's kind of where I'm at in my business now. I love that, that you're not like trying to be everywhere and trying to do all of the things, right? If you're really good at writing, 
and you want to write blog posts and people respond, then I think, like you said, do it. Like, I think people are always looking for the latest shiny object or the newest thing. And not to say that that's not good because things do evolve, but um, if you really love something and it's working, you don't always have to just throw in the towel, right? You can kind of stick to it. Like you said, make small changes, updates, but like good old Facebook, I'm still on there. Like, that's my main thing. I'm like, <laughs> okay, I still like it. And it still seems to work for me. So, you know, why, you know, you don't have to just say, oh, I'm not going to be doing that anymore. I'm going to go to TikTok, right? Like there's so many options when it comes to that. So when it comes to like creating good copy, what can you, how, how do you help people? Like what makes good copy? How do, how, how do we do that? If we're just like listening to you, maybe you've got some foundational pieces or some words of wisdom to kind of start oh, with yeah. to that. This is my favorite topic ever. So <laughs> of course, <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that, you know, understanding that there's four different buyer types when you're writing your copy is a good place to start. And um, specifically, like I go way more in depth on this, but I'll give you like the high level overview of who those four buyer types are. I actually use the Simpsons. So <laughs> I love it. Yeah. If you've ever seen the show, even if you haven't, I can kind of walk you through who the four characters are. Um, but that show has been going for more than two decades. I think it's the longest running show on TV. Yeah. And there's a reason why it's because the characters are very relatable. Right. And so what I've done though, is taken those characters and made people understand how to write copy that will get you more sales, right? The words on your website, your sales page, your sales emails, all those different areas, convincing your partner to walk the dog. Like you can use this too. <laughs> is your husband Homer? <laughs> I know. Well, he might be a Homer. So let's talk about Homer first because he is the fun loving decision maker. So when he lands on a sales page, for example, he is the type who will look for the fun and funny lyrics, like music lyrics or puns or gifts in an email. Those things really light him up. Like he wants to know that you're there to have a good time. Even your visual imagery can reinforce it. It doesn't always have to be the words. They kind of work together, right? Like the images and the words. Um, so on my website, I have a picture of me with a pink pen under my nose. And that's for the homers of the world. They're the fun loving folks that are like, oh, she's a good time. I already know I want to work with her in some capacity yeah. or download her free offer or whatever it is. So definitely the fun loving folks have something there for them so that they're excited to land on your page and continue to read and engage with it. Um, and then the next one is Bart. So Bart is the fast decision maker when he lands on a sales page, for example, and he is just looking for the button. Like he does not want to scroll, uh, like just give him that action that he could take immediately, even in an email, like don't bury the link for the action you want them to take, like keep it up high. You can have multiple links, but definitely one up high for the Bart's. Um, and funny enough with the Bart's, like I've talked to that personality type and they've told me, oh yeah, like if I land on a sales page, uh, I already like in my gut know if I want to work with someone. And then if near that button at the top, they have a testimonial of someone else 
like who might be quote unquote my competitor, even though I just believe in collaboration, not competition. But this is what a part of the world told me. He's like, if I see my competitor bought it, I will immediately buy it. And I just thought that was so interesting. I was like, really? <laughs> yeah, I'm seeing it. I know I'm a Bart person. I'm like, just sum it up in one line and then give me the link. Like, I don't need all the fluff. I don't need all the song and dance. I don't need all the details. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> so. Yeah. And I love those types of decision makers because they prove your product for you pretty quickly, right? Like you immediately know um, if it's going to land for people. So those are the faster decision makers, the Bart's of the world. And the next one is Marge. So Marge is the deep connection decision maker. She will come on a sales page and she will be looking for your story. Like she wants to connect more deeply with who you are. Strong branded visual images work really well as well for the Marges of the world. Like why do you want those pretty branded photos? Because there are people who are very visual decision makers um, but again, like also having your story lets her know um, if you have a video component, typically the margins of the world are the ones who will actually watch the video, you know, but for Bart, just put a good headline above the video because they will never click. They will I will never, never watch, watch the video. <laughs> Give me the caption underneath or something because I'm not watching that video. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then uh, the fourth, and before I go into the fourth and final buyer type, do you identify with any of these yet, Donna? Oh yeah, I'm Bart all the way. Yeah, I knew. <laughs> yeah, I I'm like, definitely I Bart. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And so um, the fourth and final is Lisa. So Lisa is the slower decision maker. She is the one who will read your entire sales page. Like people ask me, do I really need a long sales page? I'm like, yes, for the Lisa's of the world. Or like if you're announcing a new product with an email, it has to have all the details. Like they want to know. And what I love about the leases and what I realize now is they'll read your whole sales page and then they'll still email you more questions. <laughs> and you might be thinking like, well, didn't I do a good job with the sales page? Like, didn't you get all your questions answered? But now I realize that's how they start a sales conversation with you. That means they want to buy and they'll lead with questions because in their mind, anytime they land on a page or they're making a decision, they're thinking, is this specifically for me? Is this for me? Is this for me? So you want to answer a lot of that on the page already, and they'll still have other questions that they want to have answered, which you can take. Like, I always am grateful to the Lisa's because they'll email me questions and then I'll add it to the FAQ of the sales page because I know it's a question that another Lisa might have of the world. So those are the four buyer types and you want to hone your copy to appeal to all four of them unless you don't like there are situations where and I consider these to be more exceptions in the rule like I definitely want all four buyer types in my communities because I feel like everybody plays to each other's strengths and supports each other in different ways right. um and let's say, for example, you're a coach who only supports C-suite executives, right? They are all very BART type of personalities. Right. So they are not going to have any patience for Elisa in the community. Like everybody, when they get training, when they go, they want to go, right? So uh, keep being mindful of like, there might be some people that you want to exclude, uh, is good to keep in mind and just being aware of your audience as you're deciding to write to these different buyer types. 
I love this. This is so great for those of us who are like, I've heard this before and I've heard it several ways. I've never heard the Simpsons and I love it. <laughs> I've even used a version of it in my own stuff with Winnie the Pooh with the temperaments and using the characters of Winnie the Pooh. So very similar type things, but I've not heard the Simpsons. So I think that's really fun, but I mean, it is true. And I, and I guess, like you said, there may be exceptions like, or if you're like doing one-to-ones and you only want these fast decision makers, or you only want these um, deeper, you know, people who need all of this, you know, the margins or whatever, right. <laughs> or whatever, but it's kind of fun because then you can, can kind of control that in a way, like, that doesn't say they won't, other people won't come click on it, but I won't watch some long flowery story about the whole thing. I'm like, eh, whatever, <laughs> the story, man. <laughs> but I know there are people who are like, yes, I have to read the story, right? So um, yeah. it's interesting the way people's brains are, but I love that you're, you're using it in such a colorful way with The Simpsons. It just makes it so easy to understand. So that was a great, great little metaphor analogy for it. So make sure you guys are, Getting all four Simpsons in there. Now, what about the baby? I don't know, but that's, a, that's another one. The dog. <laughs> I'm kidding. I know. Yeah, there's so many fun characters, but it's it's really fun when you start to realize, like, this is what builds a fun community. Like, it's funny, we'll get on the Zoom calls, right? And like the homers of the world will typically be late to the Zoom. And they're like, I'm so sorry I'm late. I'm like, but you're the life of the party. We're happy you're here. <laughs> Like, okay, we can start now. <laughs> exactly. Now, now it truly begins. <laughs> well, I know you do a lot with your groups and you are building like this amazing community. So it is nice that you have all of them and it, they do balance each other all out. So it is nice that you've got the variety and um, some have strengths and weaknesses and, and can fill the holes for the other ones. And I think it's mm -hmm. great and that you're you know doing it that way and um, you know kind of being inclusive with everybody and giving the people what they want, right? Instead of just, and you can put all that together. It maybe sounds like, well, how do I fit all of that? But even in an email, you can do a little bit of that, right? Sprinkling in like a fun picture of you at the end and still hitting the like the quick links at the top the story and the video or something right to really hit all things it's not like you have to send four different emails out for to hit each person yeah I mean I try to hit a crescendo of all four buyer types in a single email particularly when the product is being announced like that is the most important email for me because it's usually the most opened anytime I open a product people are like I get you know the highest click-through rates and the highest open rate on that so definitely want to appeal to all four there. And then you can dedicate single emails to each color um, over you know, the span of your promotion. The thing to keep in mind too about email is a lot of people are like, oh, I'm worried. I don't want to send so many emails. I'm just bothering people. It feels too pushy and salesy and all these things. But the thing to keep in mind is like, if you have the homers of the world in your audience, they want to be wooed. They want a lot of emails and they're not really reading things. They just want to keep being reminded because again, late to the party typically, but so fun once they get there. I um, guess you could also like, like create your subject lines to attract the right person. I'm assuming yeah. you'll do something like that. Like, Hey, for a great time. Not you say that, but like, Hey, the party starts next week, right? When you're closing your, your, 
card out or something like that. I don't know, that might be not the right line, but you know what I'm saying? Like you're kind of like to get them to open. I don't know if that's, yep. yeah, okay. Yeah, like last call before the price jumps, those types of things work really well with my audience because it's very clear. And it also is like, okay, if you're gonna do this, it's time to do this. Um, another thing I love doing for the margins is to, because they're like a deeper connection decision maker, they love to invite their friends. So if you have a buy one, bring a friend offer for a live event or whatever it is that you're offering, um, maybe you have a group program or something, they love that because they, when they experience things, they want to experience it with others. So they'll do the selling for you, which is amazing. That sounds great. Oh, that's an easy thing, right? You could offer and let them sell their friends right into it. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, particularly with my collective, I always tell the past members, like, bring your friends in the program. I'm happy to pay for that. And it's like such a great way for them to feel like, oh, I had this amazing experience and I want my friends to have it too. So. That's great. Have you seen like, things really change over the last couple of years as far as copies concerned, like after the pandemic and everything, are things still sort of staying the same or are you seeing some new things happening or just the way that people are, you know, speaking in, in copy has changed? Yeah, it's definitely changed quite a bit. Like I mentioned, uh, attention spans are shorter on most platforms. So moving that call to action at the top, instead of waiting to ask people to do things on an Instagram post or a Facebook post, like drop me a star in the comments. If you want to know more, don't put that at the bottom of the post, put it once at the top and once at the bottom, maybe three times even, um, depending on how long the post is. Those things help people because they are already wanting to take action and they're maybe not wanting to read the whole thing. Uh, another thing that I've seen for sure is like having different entry points to your offer. And this depends a lot on your audience, right? So specifically because this year inflation has gone up so much, I have noticed that my audience wants to make smaller commitments to work with me before they do the bigger thing. So for example, last year for Black Friday, we did an all access pass to my copy template membership. They paid like it was over a thousand dollars. It's probably close to fifteen hundred dollars to get an entire year of templates all at once that did well. But this year I took the same offer, the copy template membership, and I did a two week trial for seven dollars for people to try it before they decide to stay in. So that outperformed last year quite a bit. And I'm really proud of that because people have been more timid to make longer commitments right now, but it gives them an opportunity to try something before they have to make the longer commitment. So I'm really excited about it, but you have to be willing to pivot and have, like I said, multiple access points to a single offer sometimes, um, depending on your audience, right? Like if you have an audience who mostly buys high ticket, you may not need to do this because particular industries I'm noticing, like speakers are doing well right now. They have no problem investing more because there were no events for 
almost like two years, let's say. They're finally and recouping their businesses, right? <laughs> they're getting all their money. Yeah. And they're down to Everyone spend money. to get out and speak now because they haven't been able to, right? Yes. So the tide always flows. You know, I don't wish these times on any of us, but the tide always flows in a direction. For some people, it's really good. And for others, they're really struggling. There's no doubt about that. So it's understanding that no matter what, the tide is flowing in someone's direction in a positive way and finding ways to serve people in those different ways. I love that. I love that whole try before you buy and giving people a little bit of a, not a break because they're still paying, but you're there. It's an option of like, Hey, let's just see if this is right for you. And then you're giving that, um, they can go in and look at once they see all your great stuff. I'm sure they're like, I'm in. So let's talk about you too. Cause I know you've, you've shifted a little bit and I want to talk about your four months off. So please <laughs> let's talk about your not working time because I thought I didn't work that much. And then I talked to you and I'm like, okay, now I know who I want to be when I grow up. <laughs> You're so sweet. I love it. Yeah. So I take four months off for the seventh year in a row. I've been doing this and it started because my project manager at the time, you know, I was serving private clients and I was pretty maxed out on how many clients I could serve a month. And I started to look at like, ways to make the clients feel loved up on and not feel like I was gone when I was taking time off. So it's not something I would like announce to them, but we came up with systems that could support them that didn't require me for them to get started, like intake forms before we actually have our day together. And so as we started to create systems like that, I was looking at, you know, maybe I'll take every other Friday off, right? Like was coming up with these really bad plans about time off. <laughs> and my project manager was like, no, Sage, no, no. <laughs> Just take the last week off every month and then take a month off every year. And that accumulates to the four months. So it's not like all in a row, right? right you're not gone for four months at one time. Though that sounds pretty interesting too, but yeah. Maybe a little yeah. at this point, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, and I was thinking about the four day weekend that you do. And so it's m Friday and Monday that you take off, right? Right. So you could accumulate that too, right? Like if you wanted to reorganize it, potentially you could anyway. So that's what we figured out. And um, I really love it. It's been a way for me to kind of put my head back into the creative clouds and spend time with family, go travel, do all these different things. And what's good about the system is my team will keep me accountable. They're like, you said you were going to take that week off. Why do I see something on your calendar? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so not the other way around. I thought you they were going to say, oh, I need you for something, but they're doing the opposite. They're like, go away. <laughs> Go yeah, do your thing, right? <laughs> yeah, you know, that's in, I, it's so funny. I didn't even think about it. Yes, but they are like, go away, go do your thing. And they keep me accountable to it. And I think it's because when I'm gone, like they, they know what they want to work on. Like it's the, almost all areas of my business. Like there's nothing new really that we're trying. Like we know what we're doing in the different, you know, promotional areas of my business. So you know, the next thing is for, to convince them to take time off. Cause I'm like, when are you going to take time off? 
<laughs> and they do on occasion, but they're not as actively about it as I am. And I think the thing to acknowledge here, though, is that like everybody has a different personality type, right? My personality does well to have a bigger break versus some people they don't feel good taking longer breaks like they like being active I'm thinking of my sister like the company she works for she doesn't want time off she's like I need business to keep me busy like that is how I best feel energetically and emotionally and all those things so I think the first thing to do is check in with yourself as you're listening to us talk about time off and see what would actually feel good to you? And the, at the very least, I always say, like, please take your calendar out for the next 12 months and figure out when you are going to take time off and mark it off now. Only even if it's just birthdays, government holidays, the days your kids don't have school, all those things, because I remember early on in my business, it would be like a holiday and I wouldn't even think that, oh yeah, my kids are going to be home and I had work to do. And then you're like really regretting that you didn't think about that in advance. You're like, go watch a movie. I've got to finish this. (laughs) I'm saying, so, you know, like my kids just had Halloween and the day after Halloween off, like the, the school was really smart. They were like, we don't want your sugar laden children. (laughs) good deal. <laughs> yeah. So this week I took Monday and Tuesday off because I pre-planned it and I knew it was coming, right? Like I send my schedule to my, the school schedule to my team. We block it all off at the beginning of the year. I love that. I remember, um, going to an event and this is actually where I met Jeannie years ago. And I was like this woman who was Alicia Forrest. And she's like, I'm going to teach you how to take the summers off. So I was like, okay, great. It was like a perfect thing if you have kids. And I remember sitting there, you know, and I kept waiting, like, what is going to be the big thing? You know, she's going to show us. It was like a three-day event and she was teaching a lot of great stuff. And then finally, you know, we got to that point where she was going to show us how to take three months off. I'm like, okay, wait. So she has like her whiteboard or whatever. And she has like you know, June, July, and August, or she had the whole, I think she had the whole 12 months up there. And she literally took her red pen and went over there and just like crossed out June, July, and August. And I was like, (laughs) but in a way, it's kind of what you're saying. It's like, you just plan around, like you just decide like in some, I mean, not everyone could take three months off. I, I understand that, but it was sort of like, Oh, is it just as easy as that to just cross it off and, and like work around it? Of course, you know, you have to build things into that, but I love what you're saying about like taking a week off at a, each month, because it's not like you're gone for long periods of time. Like one week, like your thing can survive. Even though those of us were like, how am I going to do it? That's why the four day weekends, it's like, okay, great. It's sort of bookended. You can have time mm-hmm. to take a trip or do a little whatever. And, and still you're there, you know, you're, you're right back in. So you're not gone too long for now. Um, so I love your idea. And then you take your month off. So you do get a little bit of time. Um, do you do that like in the summer or the holidays? When do you sort of take your, is there, is you said you take a whole month too, right? Yeah, I've done taking a whole month off. Um, and I did it in, I think the year I did that, I did it in August or September. Uh, and this year, so each year is a little bit different, but this year I'm going to break it off into two weeks in November and two weeks in December. 
And so it just depends on the pace that I've worked that entire year to see if I can take all that time off. But we have something we're getting ready for in January. So I decided, and here's the thing, like you make the rules and then you can break them or change them. Like you can do whatever you want with it from there. But I think it is important to put some specific like decisions around it at first because you're more likely to do it then then have no plan right and just wing it like we were like every other friday but then that probably didn't really happen that's what happened to me it's like no i'm just gonna turn like i'm just gonna take every friday and i thought well there's nobody like looking over my shoulder you know it's just me but it was at first i felt like i was playing hooky i don't know if you got that but i felt like you know I should be going in there and doing something at first, but I'm like, well, there's really nothing to do. So I'll just call yeah. it a CEO day. And then I didn't feel so guilty at first. You know, it was, it was a little bit of a, a, a shift, even for me who didn't work a lot, but it just felt like, well, Monday through Friday, that's when you're supposed to work. Right. So it's this, you know, I worked in corporate for years and it's, so it, it is sort of a shift of to, you know, how can we just with a brand new calendar, right. As we're coming up to the end of the year, looking at 2023 and go, what are the possibilities? What if we didn't have to work Monday through Friday, if you did want to take a week off every month or take off the summer or whatever, like what could that look like in your business? And so I love the possibilities of that. And I love the way you've structured your business so that you know, those breaks are nice. You come back, I'm sure refreshed Mm -hmm. and like not feeling like, Oh, (laughs) <laughs> you know, right. You want to love your business and the things that you do. And I think that t- we think time off is like, oh, it's going to take us away. But I feel like to me, it's like the total opposite. I come back refreshed, ready to go full of new energy and passion and ideas. And I'm serving my clients much better that way. Yeah, hundred percent. And it gets me to pre-plan to like my content that needs to go out. Like usually by the second week of the month, I try to have all my content ready for the next month. So when I get back that first week, it's not like a push to get a bunch of things done. Like I've got most of it done. I can ease back in. And, you know, when I'm in the middle of a launch and then I take time off, it takes me a minute to unwind sometimes. Like, you know, I have a hard time letting go of looking at my inbox or my DMs. And so giving yourself some grace sometimes that you don't do it perfectly every time and like stick to everything is totally fine too. I just, I, I know that people are like, oh, I told myself I'd take this time off, but I I can't right now because I'm too excited about my business. Well then be excited and do a couple extra things. It's all good. I think that's the thing. You're in control. I say you're the gardener. You decide what you want to plant and what kind of flowers are going to go in your garden. Next mm-hmm. week, I'm going up to Jeannie's event and I'm going to New hey. England Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So guess what? I do have a couple calls on Monday and Tuesday because I'm like, wow, that's the only time I have available. And I'm doing a lot of traveling in November. So I did book a couple things on Monday. It's not like nobody's going to be like, you should shut you doesn't work on Mondays. I'm like, you know, you got to go with the flow, right? It's your business and you have to do what you have to do. But I think having the options like you said, putting something in place, but then yeah, if something comes up or you're like super like, oh my gosh, I got this idea. I've got to get it down. Yeah. You got to go with it. You just got to do what you do. And then it's your business. Right. So it's not like you're, you know, uh, working when you shouldn't and somebody's like looking. So 
All right. Well, any other like last words of wisdom or something you really want to make sure that everybody hears before we give them like how they can get in touch with you or whatever. So any other little last minute, like words of wisdom? Uh, I would say, you know, give yourself permission to find out who you are outside of your business. You know, I remember when I first started my business, I was so involved in it that I didn't have any hobbies. Like there was nothing fun for me outside of work. Work was fun for me. So start playing with that. You know, I started roller skating in my garage. Fun. <laughs> Put a <disco> ball <laughs> in there. Fun. Yeah. So like, you know, I've started boxing, like I've gotten serious about it. I bought some gloves. I'm not just using the gloves from the gym anymore. And so, you know, and then things with my kids, like, ugh, that time is irreplaceable. Right. And so, you know, when I'm all in, I'm all in, but when I am not working, like the things that we get to do, they're taking up boxing with me. Like there's so many fun things and just allow yourself to experiment and play and see who you are outside of your business. I love that. I know some people are like, I don't even remember what my hobbies were, or what I like or what I don't like. Cause I've been in this like bubble for so long. So I think it's, it can be a good time to like experiment, try it. What did you used to love to do? And if you can't think of anything, then go look for something else and try it out. Like find some things like you need to refresh. You need to have that um, you've got to fill your own cup, right? You really have to have that. And I think the more creative and like activities that you do, it really comes back into your business and will expand your, you know, just the way you look at everything. And, and, um, you know, who doesn't want to go like roller skating? I mean, really, or boxing <laughs> <laughs> or surfing or something fun, right? That you've never tried. Yeah, it's becoming hiking season again out here in LA because the weather's cooling down. I'm like, uh, yes, more, more of that. Excellent. Excellent. Okay. Well, I know you've got a special gift or a free gift for us. So tell us how to get that and how people can get in touch with you if they want to do all the things, check out your membership. Maybe you've got your Black Friday thing coming up or just um, get in contact with you about getting better copy. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So I have a free gift that everyone can download. It will help you to triple your email open rates and it's my templates. So it's three emails that you can copy paste and personalize. If you have an email list and you have ghosted them, it happens to the best of us, but this will prepare you to know exactly what to say and to reappear in people's inboxes. And if you've had an email list for a long time, I still recommend going and using these templates because you can use it to scrub your list. So there might be people who are sitting there on your email list that you're paying for them to be there, but they need to be removed because they're not engaging or opening anything. And these emails will make it really clear on how to do that. So if you go to sagepolaris.com slash Donna rocks. <laughs> and you can grab those emails yeah everybody loves that so um say it again we'll go ahead and put that in the show notes too so you guys can get it if you need it oh cool I wasn't sure if I cut you off sorry um yeah so please do grab those and um the best way to get in touch with me I'm on Instagram and I'm on Facebook you can always dm me I'm around um, but I would love for people to take advantage of that template specifically. The copy template membership, uh, we 
open again in January. We have a free copy course coming up. If you get on my list in whatever fashion, you will get an invitation to that free copy course. It's a two-week no-charge course that leads up to opening the membership. Excellent. So if you guys need to brush up on your copy or just want to learn more how to incorporate the Simpsons into your business. <laughs> I think it's amazing. No, I love it. And just, you know, there's nobody better than Sage. She is the expert when it comes to writing great copy and without great copy, you're kind of left there um, without getting clients and, you know, in conversions in your business. So check her out and get the templates. I have the templates and they're really good. <laughs> so, oh, yay! I love it. Yes. Okay. Thank you so much, Sage. It's been amazing. You brought a lot of great stuff. I hope you guys can take away some good nuggets from her four months off. And until next time, thank you so much, Sage, for being here with us. Thank you, everyone. I appreciate it, Donna. I hope you got some juicy nuggets to inspire and show you simplifying and scaling is easier than you think. If you're ready to tame the chaos of your business into a simpler model while increasing your impact and income, Grab my free simplify and scale template at donnaashton.com forward slash template or check the link in the show notes. See you next time.